Success is about more than just business strategies. It's also about aligning with your higher purpose and clearing inner obstacles that stand in the way. I say this because you deserve to do what you love and to feel fulfilled along the way. And the reality is you're likely spending more time than you'd like to stuck in self-doubt. You may be asking yourself things like, why do I never seem to reach my biggest goals no matter how hard I work? Or why do I never quite feel like I've done enough, have enough, or am enough? If any of these sound familiar, you are not alone. And I've been there too. The good news is that the solution is simpler than you think. I'm sharing it inside my new four-day women's immersion, The Inner Critic Cure. This live four-day event includes daily classes, potent practices, and a brilliant supportive community of like-minded women. And best of all, it's only $37. This method is gentle yet powerful, and it actually works even when others haven't because it's based on a proven psychotherapeutic framework called Internal Family Systems or IFS. By the time you leave, you'll have the knowledge and tools to not only heal your relationship with those harsh inner voices, but to turn them into your strongest allies now and for the rest of your life. So join us to discover how to put an end to those negative voices that have held you back from your biggest dreams and desires. So you can live into the full potential you know is possible for you in both your business and in your life. You can learn more and join us inside the Inner Critic Cure at programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. That's programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. I'd love to see you there. Hi, I'm Sarah Avon Stover, host of Truth, Love, and Beauty. I'm an author, internal family systems practitioner, and teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality, who's built a long career since the early 2000s to be exact, in supporting women to cultivate greater psycho-spiritual wholeness and, in turn, to come home to themselves. My dedication to women and to the upliftment of the feminine at large has been a lifelong one. From growing up as the second oldest of four sisters in a Connecticut suburb of New York City, to studying at an Ivy League all-women's college, all the way up to today. And the very things I support women with mirror the struggles that I've had. Things like doubting, pushing, perfecting, hating, and yes, at times, even hurting myself. Yet I've found, and I have a sense that because you're here, you have too, that these very wounds and pain points can become openings for profound healing, growth, and spiritual insight. I created this podcast in service of honoring just this, this sacred healing journey that we women are on. It was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations with leading thinkers and luminaries about all facets of the feminine spiritual journey. Plus, this podcast highlights three of the core values we must embrace on the feminine path, truth, love, and beauty. 
values which we all need more of during this tumultuous time in history. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello friends, happy almost solstice. Here we are at the midpoint of the year. To complete the second part of our series on internal family systems, I've invited another wonderful leader from the IFS community to join us. And whereas last month we explored specifically how to connect with more extreme parts of us, like our inner critics and perfectionists, this month we're focusing on how to embody and honor all of our parts, because doing so allows for us to live more harmoniously and fully expressed. So to lead us into today's conversation, I've invited Crystal Jones, LCSW, as well as a certified IFS therapist and assistant trainer. She feels extremely grateful to have experienced and witnessed the benefits of the IFS model in her own life and in the lives of her clients. She has over 18 years of clinical experience and owns a private group practice, Life Source Counseling Center, Inc., in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Crystal is known for her compassion and heart-led approach to her work, and she's passionate about creating safe spaces for BIPOC women to feel connected, seen, heard, and valued as they do their healing work individually and collectively. She also enjoys providing IFS clinical consultation to therapists and practitioners, learning the model and pursuing certification. In her leisure time, Crystal enjoys traveling, being with her friends and family, reading, enjoying nature, and caring for her plant collection. She truly looks forward to sharing in the healing journeys of all inspired by the IFS model. And I'll just add a little note here that I was particularly inspired by our conversation about Crystal's summer sabbatical, which you'll learn more about in our conversation, and I have a feeling will resonate with many of you as well. So here we go. Enjoy today's conversation with Crystal. All right. Welcome, Crystal. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Nice to be with you. It's really good to have you here. And we were just talking before we hit record that it's taken us a little while to to schedule this and to get here, but here we are and so glad. Yeah, me too. Me too. Seems like we're both so busy, huh? That's a lot going on in this season. For sure. And Crystal, we always start these conversations with a personal check-in. So I'd Mm -hmm. love for you to share with us just where you're joining us from and how you're doing in this moment at the levels of body, heart, and mind. Yeah. So I am checking in from Spotsylvania, Virginia, and where I'm at home in my home office. I still have my office, but I really haven't been there since um, the pandemic started, and I plan to close it and go full-time telehealth. I really love the grounding question of how are you doing? <laughs> um, mind, body, and, and spirit or heart. And um, it just feels really grounding to me because I'm noticing parts of myself that are um, preparing for my sabbatical. I'm taking a sabbatical this summer. And 
parts that are really busy trying to tie up a lot of loose ends. And so noticing that um, and yeah, and just even as I notice it in my heart space, my heart has been rapid because I feel like I'm trying to tie up all of the things. But but I also have this part of me that's really anticipating that rest and um, just free time to do whatever I want and just really looking forward to being with my family in that time. So those those parts are like, come on, let's hurry up and get there. Let's get there because I can just sense it. I can just taste it. So, so just noticing all of that and then parts that are just really trying to be present in this moment and like take a deep breath into this space yeah so that all of that's there Mm. I'm I'm a big fan of sabbaticals and I'd love to hear more about about this like when does it start how long is it what's your intention for this time you know so I I just realized that these last two years have been really, really hard, not just on me, but, you know, the clients I work with, other therapists as well. And I just found myself saying I'm tired all the time. And um, the idea just popped up in my mind. I think spirit gave it to me and just said, you need a break, but you need to do it in a different way. Like you, a weekend is not going to do, a week away is not going to do, you need to do something revolutionary. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I just kept saying, I think I'm going to take my summer off. It started, I think I'm going to take my summer off. And I just kept repeating it. And the think came off to, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I started putting plans in place. And um, it felt like I had to keep saying it so my mind could catch, so could catch up with my mind, right? And align with everything else. And um, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I was telling people about it and I am taking from June to through August off and I just need that time to slow down, um, recalibrate, spend time with my kids. They're going to be home for the summer and I just want to be with them. I just want to be, um, I just want to get up one day and say, let's go to the beach or just get up one day and not do anything. You know, I want to have the choice on how I use my time, right? And um, I just feel like these last two years, you know, we've seen a lot of death. We've seen a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of stuff and I just want to slow down and just really focus on what's important. And I think for all that hard work I did for these last two years, right? I I, I want to experience some of the fruits of that. And so I, I also have planned some travel time. I'm going to visit about four countries in Africa that I'm really excited about all of July, you know, and then in August, I'm just going to be home (laughs) for my travel. So I'm looking forward to just being adventurous and playful. That sounds really wonderful and really inspiring. Um, Curious, which countries are you going to in Africa? Yeah, I'm going to Egypt. I'm going to Tanzania, Kenya, and Ghana. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Some of those places I'm going with friends and and in Egypt, um my my husband and I are celebrating 20 years together. And so we're gonna celebrate in Egypt this year. Incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I spent my um junior year of college abroad at, in Ghana at the University of Ghana at Accra. And so it just 
just holds a special place in my heart and I yeah. just love to go back. Mm-hmm. This will be my first time there. So I'm, I'm so excited. It's, it's a place I've always wanted to visit. Yeah. Yeah. How long like, did you stay? I was there for about six months and then did some traveling um, up the coast of West Africa, up to Morocco. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I'm in this space where I want to return to traveling. Like one of my first loves is traveling. And so I'm just, I'm ready to return to that, you know? I hear that. I share, I share that love with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so you're, how many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three kids. They're 16, 14, and 11. Um, next year, my oldest will be a senior in high school. And I'm just sitting here like, where did all that time go? Like, they're, they're, they're moving. I can, I can feel the shift, you know, with my two high schoolers, I can feel the shift. My little one is still my little one. He's 11, but, but the two high school, there's parts of me that feel like they're they're getting ready to leave. Like, and that might not be true, but that's what these parts feel, right? Like they're growing up, they're getting ready to leave. I don't have much time with them. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. how I feel as they're growing. Yeah. And how great that you'll get to just spend more time this summer, just enjoying with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them, you know, they've had, so we've had so many good family memories together and I just working from home, when they're home, it feels like if I'm, if I'm home, they should have access to me. So that's been a transition with working from home. Um, and I just don't want them to see me just working all of the time. You know, they don't, but it's just been different as I've transitioned from the office to here. They see me working, right. Versus yeah. me being in the office in a way. And then when I come home, a mom, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to break that up a little bit. And speaking of just the challenges of the past couple of years, one of the questions I've been asking guests during this time is like, what has been most resourcing for you? And I know that's probably changed during different phases of the pandemic and all the other (laughs) challenges that have arisen, but um, either right now, currently what's most resourcing for you or just what has been a through line throughout this time? Yeah. Um, but I lived in this really like, like, in, like, I feel like the, we're enclosed by like woods, right? And so nature has really been really grounding and resourcing for me. Just like, as I'm talking to you, like I can, I'm facing my window and it's just woods everywhere, right? So that's been grounding for me. Being in community with other women, um, has really been grounding for me. During the pandemic, um, I started a program where, well, myself and a good friend of mine who's a yoga yoga instructor, we started just a community of women, of BIPOC women to come and do um, yoga in my yard. And um, just having those connections and feeling the strength of community. Because, you know, I think it can be kind of isolating. It it has been kind of isolating during this time. And so kind of reconnecting to community and developing community and having it out here in this space and being in nature has been really resourcing. Um, 
as well as the love of my my family, you know, and, and close friends. Like I've really kind of leaned into those spaces. Great. And Crystal, I first learned about you through the, um, the IFS continuity program. Yeah. And uh, you came on with Chris Burris, who I, I told you I just interviewed prior to you. Mm-hmm. And you all did a, a demo of, um, of a session uh, modeling Chris as the white male therapist and you as a, a female black client and just what that could bring up in a session. And I was just mm-hmm. struck by the, by the vulnerability, the honesty, the courage in both of you. And I'm wondering what that, what that was like for you. I think, well, I have, I'm just kind of laughing because I'm thinking anytime you do an IFS demo, right, it, it might start off as a demo. <laughs> I'm always prepared for things to get real, you know, like there are so, so many can't parts. not get real. It always, I can be starting talking about ice cream and it can go to some deep, deep place in me that I just didn't expect. <laughs> um, but I think that demo hit some some real places in me about um, wanting to be understood, um, trust. And just letting someone into my world who I, just all the things that come up when you're letting someone into your world who, who you fear might not get it, you know, or, or letting someone into your world who you fear may hurt you right, um, or may hurt you because they don't get it. So like all of that was coming up in me while still trying to be really present. Um, and lucky for me, I, I, I have a good relationship with Chris and so I trust him, but I was noticing what it must be like if that was a real situation. Um, so yeah, and I, and I think I'm so grateful for IFS because it lends to that vulnerability. Like when I'm in IFS communities, it's my parts are just like, this is a place where you can be vulnerable and that's okay. Um, so my parts feel more and more comfortable, like doing that and being that and being open. And I feel like I have more permission to be myself, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I feel like I can bring all of me to a space, no matter what that looks like. Yeah, I feel the same about the IFS community. It's such a beautiful community in that way. And mm-hmm. just the, the real permission, acceptance, allowance. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't found a community like like this one elsewhere. I'm very yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. And I think that's like to me, that's an incentive of keeping that connection in the IFS community. Um it's because I feel like people speak the same language, you know, and then when I'm outside of that, you know, I constantly refer to my parts and sometimes, you know, not everybody gets that. No, you know, not everybody's doing that kind of work. Um, so it just feels, I feel like I'm at home when I'm, when I'm in IFS community, because we're speaking the same language. Yeah. I feel that way too. Yeah. So how, how did you get started with IFS and when and how? And why? So my, my start in IFS was through a really good friend of mine. Um, she was doing her own work and I was just 
I continue just to listen to some of the life changing moments she had and some of the transitions that she was experiencing. And I was, I was kind of just in that with her, just watching and, and just experiencing that with her. And um, she didn't know what it was called at the time. And she later told me that she found out that the modality that her therapist was using was called IFS. And so when she shared that with me, that was, I felt like that kind of led me down this path of, oh, let me find out about this IFS, right? Let me learn about what this looks like. And so I started ordering books and studying and using pieces of it with my clients, the pieces that felt good and felt like I understood, just, just talking about parts, right? And noticing how my clients responded to that. It was, it was almost like this freedom of feeling, you mean, I don't have to own that all of me feels this way, that just a part of me feels this way, right? And how liberating that was for a lot of my clients. Um, and just understanding too that, that those parts are rooted in different events or trauma. So I think that part was really a, attractive to a lot of my clients and freeing. And so then I finally said, okay, I'm ready to take this next step. And that next step was in 2017. And I took a PESI training with Frank Anderson and it was intro to, intro to IFS. And I got to be his assistant for the day. I think I was the first one to sign up and I was able to be his assistant. And um, in that training, there were some people getting ready to take the level one next. And I had never paid you know, what, what are PESI trainers like? $200, $300. I'd never paid over that much for a training. And so when people were talking to me about the level one, I was like, how much is that? I can't, like what? I, I don't know what happened. But by the end of that training, I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to see if any scholarships are offered and I am going to go for it. And it was, a, it started off as one of the scariest things that I I had done because I just really didn't know what to expect, but I was, I, something in me said that it was time to take this next step. So I enrolled, and this is when, right, we didn't have this huge waiting list, by the way, so I could just get in with no problem. And so then I took my first training in 2018 um, with Pam, um, and, and it was, the first session took my breath away, and I knew after that first session, I said, I can't do this alone. I need a, an ISS consultant or a therapist or somebody to help me, you know, continue this work and continue the processing. Um, and so I started getting consultation in 2018. And you know what? I haven't shared this, but I'm going to share this with you. My cons the, I got a consultant in 2018 and my consultant was Pamela Floyd. Oh, um, yeah. And so, um, so the work that I was able to do with Tamala really helped me to move through this, um, this IFS journey. And when I finished my level one, I wanted to stay in connection with Pam. And so I was just like, Pam, are you doing a consultation group? Like, how can I be in connection with you? Because I felt like you really taught she really taught this in a way where my parts got it. And, and I don't always learn the brain first, right? Like I feel IFS in my body, right? And then it, and then it comes to my head. And so the way she taught it, I could feel it in my system and then get the concepts in my head. And um, 
I was just like, like, tell me where you're going next. I need, I need you in my life. And so Pam later evolved into a mentor and Tam continues to be my mentor and friend. Um, after that level one, I did a level two um, in Bali, right? I was showing all the way out. <laughs> I went to Bali and, you know, later down the line, I did my level three with Dick and, you know, like the incentive again for being in, in this space is just all of the deep work that I have done with my own parts. It's like, not only am I learning, you know, to be with clients and be with other people, like I'm doing some deep ongoing work with my parts and, um, it's really helped me to show up. Yeah. Show up fully, <laughs> you know. Having an abortion is a potentially life-changing experience, after which women are provided little to no support. It's time for us to change this. Whether you had your abortion three days or 30 years ago, whether you, you feel relieved or diseased about your choice, whether or not you've kept your decision a secret, I created a home study program called the Abortion Healing Kit to be an intimate companion to help you make meaning of your experience and integrate it into your life going forward. To do this, I offer you exercises and tools from internal family systems, journaling, mindfulness meditation, inquiry, ritual, yin yoga, recommended resources for deeper study, and holistic self-care practices. Through this, you're invited to welcome and digest all aspects of your experience. When we don't do this healing work, it often comes back to haunt us in much more damaging ways later in life. This could look like health problems, problems with intimacy, anxiety and depression, addiction, or something else. By the end of the self-paced journey, which includes over a dozen hours of audio and video material, you'll have confidence in your capacity to grow stronger, not weaker, because of your challenges. This is a project I've been working on for many years, and I'm happy to say it is now available to all. If you'd like to learn more about the Abortion Healing Kit, head to womensyogateachertraining.com forward slash abortion kit. That's women's yoga teacher training.com forward slash abortion kit. And now back to my conversation with Crystal. Can you say more about that? Can you say some of how, like some of the, the biggest shifts that you've noticed in yourself since, since doing this work personally? Yeah. Yeah. Just notice even being here with you, right? I, um, every part of me wants to hide all the time. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I don't do social media lives. Like I don't want to hear, I don't want people to see me talking or doing just any, doing anything in front of people. Right. Like I just want to be in my little space connecting with a small group of people. And I, and I think, Part of that is the introvert in me, right? But what I've learned, what I've learned is like there are parts of me and experiences that I've had that have made it, that have made me scared of rejection, right? Scared of being judged, um, scared of not, not being enough, 
scared of not being enough in comparison to just all of those things, right? All of those parts and all those parts have worked so diligently for me not to feel those things. And in the process has, have really kept me in that corner, right? Like their way of, of me not feeling those things is saying, well, just don't get in front of people. <laughs> don't be seen, right? Stay small, stay quiet. And you don't have to worry about feeling any of that. And so the more I've done the work to connect with those parts, to update them, to understand them, and for them to to feel me, like they've given me so much space in my body. And it's almost like they've moved to the side, they've softened, and then like it's like the real crystal is coming through. Like the the crystal who I'm supposed to be continues like to walk through what those parts were originally guarding, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. And so when yeah. I and that's what I mean when I say more of myself because all of these parts have been there for so long and the more work I do with them, the more work I do of connecting with them, the more space they give me just to kind of walk in to some of these spaces that I never, ever thought I would be able to walk in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It helps me be seen and it, it helps me not to be as afraid, I'll say as afraid of being seen. Um, I just feel like my parts know that I got them, right? They feel held by me. Um, and we have this agreement that who, who I am is enough, right? Like how I talk, how I express myself, right? Like that is enough. Yeah. And it's like, you can't show up like anybody else but you. Like that's my agreement with my parts, right? Like you have to show up exactly exactly like who you are. And, and that might mean making some mistakes because <laughs> I have parts that, that are really connected to perfection. Right. And so my parts are, my parts have to be like, no, it's okay to, to make those mistakes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like my parts trust me more and being connected to the community has really helped me be connected to the work of, of me as well. Yeah. And for how long were you practicing therapy or practicing as a, as a therapist before, before you started with IFS? Yeah, I been practicing probably since 2006. Um, I've been a, a licensed clinical social worker since 2006. And, and in that I've, you know, I've done school social work, I've done foster care, um, but I opened up my practice probably about eight years ago. So I've been yeah. in private practice for eight years. Yeah. But I've done a lot of counseling, you know, in that, in the totality of, of being licensed. Yeah. And how, how has your practice shifted since uh, I'm hearing how, how IFS has shifted you personally yeah. and how, how has it shifted your practice? Yeah. I think for the, for the folks who want to go along with me on the ride, right. I've seen, I've seen clients trust their own systems more, right? I've seen clients move from looking to, looking to me to really being able to look inside or go inside and, and really trust what their system and the wisdom that their system is sharing with them, right? Really trust that what you hear, what you feel, it's real. It's not imagined, right? It's real, 
and and we can pause and tune into that. We can pause and listen to that. We can pause and journal about that. But our bodies have wisdom, right? And I, so I, I feel like my clients um, are are beginning to trust that wisdom a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've shifted from from doing more therapy to um, just consultation because I'm in a space where I'm just enjoying talking about IFS and teaching it, and so I'm I'm moving away from therapy and mentoring other therapists so they can kind of take the reins with doing the therapy, and I can do more trainings and more consultation. So that feels good Great. too. Great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something else that I appreciate about the IFS community is how, how it seems that they're being very proactive and in, in including more of the global majority in what has been a very white, middle class, heterosexual male model. And I know that you're one of, one of the first uh, Black women to be become an assistant trainer. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm wondering what that process has been like to just to be one of the first. And I'm sure there's there's positives and negatives to that. I don't want to yeah. assume. But. I don't even, Sarah, I don't even think that's all settled in. Like, I feel like I'm here and like there are big parts of that that feel really unreal to me. There, there are parts that maybe feel some some sadness that you know in in 2022 that that I'm that I'm among first, you know. Yeah. And there's some excitement about what's been happening to kind of prepare the table for that. Yeah, I think I'm still sitting with being in this space and all of and all of what that means. Yeah, so I don't think I have totally taken it in. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, and maybe that's maybe like your sabbatical this summer will help with that, just to have the more Absolutely. space to digest, Absolutely. process, be with. Yeah, yeah. I feel incredibly grateful. Again, I think it's, I went through this year of saying yes to all opportunities, like talking to my parts and saying, okay, we're going to take advantage of all opportunities. And um, they led me here to, to a place that I never thought I would be. And so just sitting here with, okay, like you're arriving in this space and now what, right? Like, how do you, how do you want to use this space, right, to to serve, to heal, and to bring others, right, to bring others who look like me, you know, who talk like me, you know, how do you want to bring others into this space? That's really, really important to me because I feel, I feel like I belong and I can do it because I saw another Black woman, right, doing this. I, I was able to practice under Pamela as she did her ATM, you know, and as she was an AT and I was able to be in different, different spaces, seeing another black woman do it. And so I, 
I want to be that for other people as well. Not not that I want to have all that pressure on my shoulders, right? I don't see that as pressure, but I do want I do want to bring other people into the space that look like me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> those those perspectives because I think those perspectives, that wisdom, you know, I think they're I think it's important. I think it's important. There's a lot of folks who have a lot to say. If you're wanting to experience IFS more firsthand, it's one of the components in my upcoming online 200-hour Yoga Alliance Women's Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training. This year, for the second year in a row, you're able to attend online from the comfort of your own home without the expense and hassle of travel. Women who've attended these trainings in the past gather from around the world and often become friends for life. We witness each woman go through a deep transformation. After spending a few long weekends together in deep practice and sisterhood, we feel a heart bond that keeps us wanting to connect in the months and years to come. This teacher training will open for early registration in a couple of weeks. So if some of what we're talking about today inspires you, and if you'd like support in healing and connecting to yourself in a fuller way, if you want to deepen your practice, hone a specialization with women, connect with other professionals, or simply to just learn how to live and move in the world in a more distinctly feminine way, you can learn more at womensyogateachertraining.com. So this is a four-month practice intensive taking place over Zoom over four three-day weekends with daily sessions and mindfulness meditation, yin yoga practice in theory, women's flow yoga practice in theory, and women's circle as well as IFS practices. These sessions cover everything from alignment to subtle energy to philosophy to leading and assisting other women through these very practices. You can get on the wait list to be the first to know when early registration opens in July at womensyogateachertraining.com. That's womensyogateachertraining.com. If it feels right, I'd love to have you join us. And now back to our conversation. What are some ways that you want to bring more of those who are more like you into the space? Do you have a sense of that or it's, does it feel kind of vague right now? No, I have some sense of that. Um, One big thing for me is consultation, right? Through consultation, Um, because in consultation, I was able to work with my own parts that didn't feel like they belong. I was able to work with my own parts to give me space to be in this space, you know, so um, providing leadership through consultation and mentorship, um, inviting, you know, other people to PA and, and, and staff with me, serve with me. Um, those are the two biggest things I can think of right now, you know, mentoring consultation and, and definitely bringing some people on these, these teams to, you know, to create that, that diversity that's so, that's so needed in this space. Yeah. So those those are the things that come to mind. And are you, are you actively assisting trainings right now? (laughs) 
So my, my trainings start in September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one of the big trainings that I have right now um, is up in November, I'll be training, um, serving as an assistant trainer um, for Frank Anderson. And um, I was away this weekend. And when I, I was away, um, I was in Mexico this past weekend. And when I came back the next day, that training was released. <laughs> and everything in my parts are like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> like this is real. It's really happening. And I think my parts are just really overwhelmed for a moment. Um, you know, but after getting a chance to like just talk with Frank, like he said something that was just really, it just really touched my heart. And he said, I want you to know I have your back. I want you to know you're not doing this alone. And I could have just laid out in the floor and cried <laughs> um, because that I think there were parts of me that were thinking, you have to run this training. You have to be strong. You know, Frank is going to come in and do his thing, but, you know, you have to make sure you have everything together. And so hearing that from him, just really, I just felt a lot of love and compassion in my heart for him in that moment. And my parts were able just to take a deep breath and say, okay, right? Like you don't have to hold this by yourself. Yeah. 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 That's, so, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So that's a big training that I'm coming up on. Well, congratulations. And for listeners who don't know who Frank Anderson is, he mm-hmm. is just a senior lead trainer with IFS and he's done a lot of groundbreaking work with IFS and trauma and neuroscience and in the past year, he published a really wonderful book called Transcending Trauma mm-hmm. that looks at healing trauma from an IFS perspective. So it sounds like a great training. Yeah, yeah. I've taken that training like twice because I love it so much. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. Wish me luck, y'all. <laughs> Sounds like you're gonna you're gonna do just fine. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. And I know that uh, like Tamala Floyd has brought has brought some some shifts and and Tamala was was the first black woman to be an assistant trainer with IFS. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, and now and now co lead. And now she's a co lead. <laughs> now she's a co lead. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. and she was your mentor, and you did a consultation with her. And also for listeners, again, consultation is when uh, you work with an IFS um, therapist or a practitioner who has um, has a level of being able to offer consultation. They need to be certified, and they work with you as a practitioner or a therapist just to advise you on your clients and things that come up for you as, as you're sharing the work with others, um, just in case there's any questions about that. Yeah. So Tamla has brought legacy, um, has brought some shifts to legacy burdens in, in IFS. And I'm wondering if you want to speak about what legacy burdens are and just what the, what those shifts have been. And then if yeah. there's anything that you feel like a particular area that you feel like really passionate about within mm-hmm. the model. Yeah, I think one of the biggest pieces that Pamela has added to legacy and cultural burdens, which are really, you know, thoughts, beliefs, and ideas that are picked up from generations through generations or passed down through generations, 
um, that we hold in our body um, and some of, and how some of that doesn't belong to us. You know, there, there might be pieces of that that belong to us and there may be pieces of that that don't belong to us, right? That have just been passed down and we're holding it, holding it in our body and we're, we're acting out of that lens as well. And so a, a big piece that Tamla has brought that I really have been just kind of marveling at and, and also have experienced a lot of healing from is just ancestral reverence um, and really focusing on um, cultural legacy burdens for black people and what that looks like and what that means and how we can use the, the wisdom of the ancestors. Like we don't tell the ancestors what to do, right? The ancestors can give us guidance and wisdom on what to do with these burdens that we hold. Um, and the biggest, what I love about that is like when we're unburdening these legacy burdens, we pass it through the ancestral line, right? So like, I really see it as an opportunity for our ancestors to, to also unburden, right? And at the end of that line, the ancestors can pass up the gifts. So the healing is not only for me, right? But the healing can be, you know, for our ancestors, the healing can be, you know, for the lineage, you know, in front of me as well, my children and my children's children. And so watching that work and watching some of those burdens that are shared individually and also collectively, you know, like being in a space like Black Therapist Rock, where you have lots of Black therapists who are really familiar with certain cultural um, legacy burdens. And so seeing one demo done and, and getting healing, right, like multiple people getting healing, I think Dick calls it a, a collective unburdening, right, just from seeing a demo, because we can all relate. I can see someone and say, oh, I know that, that cultural legacy burden, that's in my family too. So just experiencing that deep level of healing has just been amazing. Um, as for me, I, I really enjoy cultural, leg cultural legacy burdens, but what I've really been feeling lately and just have a lot of appreciation for Pam for just even sharing this with me is I have a lot of appreciation for just embodying the model right now, right? So funny story, I came to Pam one day, I was like, everybody has like this, this certain piece of IFS that feels really good for them. And I just started naming off all of the people and all of their little, you know, their little pieces they've carved out that they, that they have focused on. And I'm like, I don't need anything, I like it all. And she said to me, she was like, Crystal, you know, like, you really just embody this model. I see you work in this model. I see you living this model. And when she said that, my parts are like, yeah, <laughs> like that's what they do, but it didn't feel like enough. And so like, I've really been sitting with that and just kind of leaning into what does it mean to like, really like, like live this model, like in my body, like I feel it. And and that being enough right now, you know, um, you know, maybe down the road, there might be a focus in another area, but right now that feels so good. That feels like, okay, Crystal, like you don't have to do anything extra. Like the way you feel this model and how you want to share it with other people from that heart space feels like just enough. It feels like just enough. Yeah. 
And that's that's the essence of it all. And that's what it's all yeah. about. Is being yeah. able to live live the model, live, live from that that heart-centered place that mm-hmm. um led by inspiration rather than fear. Yeah. And and in addition to that, when I say live the model, like for me, that just means listening to my body. But I like listening to the wisdom of my body. I keep saying that because I just like this model. I've always known that, but this model has given me language and a space to really just be in that. And so that's what I mean when I say live the model. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be walking through life self-led all the time because I'm not. (laughs) Right. Sometimes I need my parts to come in and take over. But just just the beauty in recognizing that, right, that right now a part is here. I'm not being self-led, like to know myself in that way. Um, That's what I mean by um, you know, live in the model, right? Yeah. 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 Or, or just feeling this in my body. So, so yeah, that feels, that feels good right now. And I'm, I'm a student of this model. So I'm still learning too. I'm always learning in this model. Yeah. It's one of the beautiful things about it. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no end. There, yeah. there isn't, there isn't I'm definitely a student. You talk about this listening to your body and that that's a big thing that that I teach as well. And that those who are listening to this or watching this will really resonate with. And I'm wondering if you would be open to like leading us through a um, little meditation or just way to connect with these parts in our bodies. So I'll say this. I have a a passage from a book that really speaks to me that was shared to me by a friend. Um, And it's a passage by Rupi Kaur um, from the book Homebody. And a a friend, her name is Natalie, she shared it in a space and it just spoke to me so deeply. And so if it's okay, I would just like to share that with you. Um, That'd be great. it It was during a session of just unearthing and and working with a lot of parts um, and just coming to this space of really like seeing who we are, you know, once we do that work with our parts, like who we are, more of ourselves. And so I'd like to share it with you. Please do. Yeah. Today I saw myself for the first time when I dusted off the mirror of my mind and the person, the person looking back took my breath away. Who was this beautiful beastling, this extra celestial earthling? I touched my face and my reflection touched the person of my dream. All their gorgeous smirking back at me, my knees surrendered to the earth. As I wept and sighed at how I'd gone my whole life being myself, but not seeing myself. Spent decades living inside my body, never left it once, yet managed to miss all its miracles. Isn't it funny how you can occupy a space without being in touch with it. How it took so long for me 
to open the eyes of my eyes, embrace the heart of my heart, kiss the soles of my swollen feet, and hear them whisper, thank you, thank you, thank you for noticing. Mm. I love that. Always makes me cry too. Which which doesn't take much. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I know that you've you shared that you're going on sabbatical. You've Mm -hmm. been listening to that voice of spirit and taking this this leap for yourself, this time for yourself, and then stepping into being an assistant trainer on the other side of that. Yeah. So my next question is what's your current growing edge? And so I can imagine that those two things are (laughs) related to that, but I just love to hear from you. What is my growing edge? You know, I just, I just feel like my growing edge. I don't fully know the answer to that question. I just know that I want to do what I've always done. And that is to stay connected to this model, to stay connected to people in this model, and to stay connected to my teachers in this model. Um, That feels really good for me because, again, being a student of this model, if I'm staying connected, then I'm always learning, you know? I just, I don't want to feel like I've arrived. I just want to keep learning about my own system. I want to, yeah, I want to continue learning about my own system and I want to support others in learning about their system. Um, And so I think if I just continue to do that, those, those growing edges, whatever they are, and, and there are some, right? But I think they will continue just to kind of unfold, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I also think my confidence will begin to, to increase, right? As I continue just to keep those people close to me as well and continue to do stuff that scares the hell out of me. So important. I'm right there with you. And and what you're saying is like is really acknowledging the importance of support and community as we do that. Uh, Community is so important to me. Like I I just I always stress community. Like everything to me happens in community. Um, Yeah, love happens in community. Understanding, growth. You know, everything happens in community. Yeah. Krista, you've shared so much with us today and, you know, there's nothing more to add. I, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. But I wanted just to see if there's any, any final words that you wanted to share or to leave us with. Yeah, I do want to say that I'm, I'm really grateful just to be in this space with you and thanking you for the, the invitation. Um, 
Yeah, and I think whoever's listening, just the importance of developing community and just staying connected. You know, I I can't. I, I wish I, like there's parts of me that's like, oh, you should think of something profound to say. <laughs> you know, um, basics are profound. You know, just keep, reminders. keep learning, right? Keep learning, keep growing, and and know that you belong here, right? You belong. You're enough. Like we don't we don't need another. You know, Chris is amazing, right? But we don't need another Chris. You know, Dick is amazing, but we don't need another Dick. We need you. Like there's something specific and special about you that's needed in this space. And so use that and show all the way up. Show all the way up because you're needed and you're valued. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And how can listeners find out more about you or contact you? Yeah, I was I was just saying how I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Like one season I go hard and then I'm just like, I'm tired of social media and I don't want to do it anymore. So a consistent way to get in contact with me is through my website. Um, and that's www.lifesourcecounselingcenter.com. Lifesourcecounselingcenter.com. Yeah. And hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Great. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Yeah. I am on Facebook and, and Instagram, but I'm not consistent with those things. They feel like work to me. <laughs> so, yeah. But it begins to feel like work. I have to step back from it and reassess, you know. I hear you. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us. For sharing your joy, your wisdom. And I'm just really excited for you with the sabbatical and all the different flavors that you're including with that. And just mm -hmm. look forward to if our paths cross afterwards, just hearing how it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for being here today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be very grateful if you could take a moment to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. That is the best way to support me in continuing on with this podcast and also to support other women in finding this, other women who may find this beneficial for their own lives. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you're not already signed up for my newsletter, Monthly Insights, which I've been sending out now for almost 20 years, I welcome you to join me and a community of like-hearted women from around the world there. You can subscribe at my website, sarahavonstover.com. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.